Yo, welcome to Jedbangers Ball. I am your host, Jed Mayhew. Uh, today on uh, the show, we have Dave Kern, David Kern, Shit Show Dave, as he's known, uh, a photographer. Um, and I guess I, I guess we got into it in the interview, but I don't know. I guess I, I, I started paying attention to his photos because it's like anything else, you know, um, when you see like a piece of music or a band or a film or, um, whatever it is painting, uh, you can tell, you know, immediately when something's sort of coming from a real place versus, uh, something that's trying to be something it isn't, or it's co-opted or it's copying something else. Um, and when I saw Dave's photos initially, I think initially I got introduced because I went over there to have a photo taken uh, and I didn't really know what to expect. But when I started to see the photos that he was taking at shows or uh, of musicians uh, here in L.A., you know, it became very apparent that he had a, a voice or a vision or whatever you want to call it. Um, but immediately uh, I was interested in what he was doing. And so I saw him at a show of ours that we played the other couple weeks back at Zebulon here in L.A. And uh, I can't remember what it was, but he sent some photos over and I and I wrote him and said, hey, you should be on the podcast. And he was like, oh, someone someone uh, actually asked me if I'd been on the podcast or if I listened to it or something like that. So so it all worked out uh, in one of the one of those uh, situations. Uh, what the fuck else is going on? Uh, we just played the Echo Park Rising. Zigzags did Echo Park Rising, uh, the yearly sort of uh, free festival held by the Echo um, and Spaceland. Um, and the show was great. It was fun. It's 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 uh, it's something for um, maybe I'm too old. I don't know. It's just it's it's hectic. I'll say that getting in and out of there with the van, trying not to hit a bunch of drunk people that are texting uh, with a van. Is not uh, that's not my happy place. That's not where I find my uh, my center. Um, and uh, sometimes I forget to breathe in those moments. And also d- during the show, before we played, one of my guitars went missing. Um, and it was it was obviously a misunderstanding because there was another guitar there in a case that looked exactly like mine. And so when I saw that mine had been missing, I saw where mine was. And, and, and I, about an hour later, about an hour before we were supposed to play, I walked by again where I had, where I had put my guitar. And I noticed that only one of my guitars was there. And I knew immediately that it had been taken by one of the other bands that was playing and, because I had seen the other case, the exact same case in one of the dressing rooms. And I knew exactly what had happened that one of the bands that had played earlier was loading out and they just grabbed the fucking guitar without thinking and took it with them. Um, I actually did this myself years ago in Seattle. I, I played some show and it was, it was a similar thing too. I think it was, might've been a benefit for somebody. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was something where there was a bunch of different bands playing, uh, like short sets at a bar, a bar called the Sunset Tavern in Ballard. And I remember at the end of the night we had played or something. And the end of the night, my buddy was picking me up and we had all been drinking, you know, and it was like two in the morning and my buddy was picking me up and taking me home or taking me to some other party or something. I can't remember. But as we were leaving, I grabbed my, what I thought was my base in this sort of just generic uh, soft case and threw it in, threw it in the car 
And the next day I woke up and I got on the like sort of, I guess it was like a Northwest sort of music forum thing that I used to check. And the first thing on there was like, Hey, someone stole my bass last night. And, um, if anyone has any information, it's this kind of bass. And, and and I saw it at first. I was like, Oh man, that sucks. You know? And then immediately upon that thought, I went, Oh, fuck and i went over to the base case that i grabbed and opened it up and it was very clearly not my it was like a sparkly like i can't remember what kind of base it was some sort of sparkly thing and i only ever played like just generic ass like fenders or gibsons or whatever and so i found out whose it was and i took it back and was very apologetic but <laughs> definitely got the impression that the people who I took it from thought that I stole it and was bringing it back out of like guilt or, or bringing it back because I thought maybe I was going to get caught, which could not have been further from the truth. I definitely did not steal a base without even looking at what kind it was and leave my other base at the fucking club. Um, but yeah, it was weird. It was very awkward. I remember the next morning and, and just being like, very, like I'm really sorry. I I, t- I I so I fucked up. I'm sorry. And the person just being like, yeah, okay, whatever, you know. So it was weird. And then so this thing happened at Echo Park Rising, where this the guys in the band came back, and I don't want to say who it was or whatever. Uh, they came back. They they came to pick up the guitar they had left, and as they were doing to so this was five minutes before we were supposed to get on stage. As they were doing so. I said to one of the guys, I said, Hey, are you going to go get my guitar and bring it to me? And the guy went, Hey man, relax. And I didn't, I didn't hear it at first. I turned around and started to walk away. And then I realized that he had said, relax. And I kicked open the door and was like, yo, what the fuck did you say to me? Motherfucker? Did you just fucking tell me to relax? And then I started screaming that I'll find out who you are and I'll beat the shit out of you. And yada, yada, yada. Um, long story short, um, I ended up knowing who this guy was and there were a lot of, uh, apologies via text later that night, but I want to thank the staff at the echo for being so cool about like tracking it down and figuring out who had it. Um, I really appreciate it. The show was fun. (laughs) The stress of like that whole situation right before we played made for a super kind of angry set. And I definitely felt like my arm was not as loose as it normally is, which when you're doing a lot of down picking, um, which is like the James Hetfield thing to like fucking just down pick the shit out of everything. It really helps to have like a loose arm or a loose wrist and a, or loose muscles. But if you're flexing the muscles cause you're going to fucking punch some dude, it makes it harder to play. Anyways, uh, Shit Show Dave was at all over Echo Park Rising, so go look at his photos. I'll put some links up to his website. Um, he's got a show. Well, he had a show downtown where they wheat pasted everything at the factory. So if you ever find yourself at the factory downtown for a show, you, you will see. Uh, you probably see a photo of me somewhere in there, um, but a bunch of other uh, local musicians. So uh, without further ado, let's listen. Let's uh, have a shit show. All right, bye. Hopper. <laughs> well, Lifelong dream. here, talk into it even more, and then, yeah, yeah one, just two, a little one, bit closer, two. and I can even turn you up a little David bit. David Fern. You, you don't have to. Shit show, Dave. You don't even have to. I'll, I'll introduce you in the fucking. <laughs> 
It's funny you bring up uh, Henry Hopper, though, because uh, I met, I saw him the other night at uh, the resident show, at your show. Oh, shit. Cool. But the first time I met him was... Uh, so so I, we were talking about Jess's pr- producing or help produce the re-release of this Dennis Hopper film, The Last Movie, which was the right. movie that he made um, after Easy Rider. Oh. And so he got a bunch of money to make this movie, and they went down in Peru and shot it. And uh, his thing, like a passion project. Yeah, it's like a it's a crazy movie. It's like a, it's kind of got a Jodorowsky sort of thing, and it's kind of it's got an amazing soundtrack, and it's sh- shot beautifully, and it's a very interesting story. But it's like it's kind of a chaotic piece of work, you know. It's I've seen it once, and you know I don't I don't need to see it again. I'm glad I saw it, but we're gonna they they restored it though, so I'm, I'm excited oh, to see the restoration it. of it, but. When when uh, Jess was working on a book of Dennis Hopper's photography. Oh right, yeah, yeah. And she edited the book. And um, when we were, we went to Connecticut to meet him, and he was there with his son Henry Hopper, who was on a a Wes Craven film at the time. And I I think he got fired from the film. I'm not really sure, (laughs) but I remember. I remember meeting him and it was funny just because I think he thought like, I think, I don't think he thought I knew anything about music. Oh, so he okay. was like, Oh really? I was, and I was asking him about music and I was saying, you know, Oh, what, you know, what bands have, do you like? You know? And he's like, uh, Oh, you know, this band, I don't think you've heard of them, you know? And I was like, Put Oh, you to the test. <laughs> <laughs> Little fucker. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. Try me. You know? And he's just like, Oh, it's this band called Wolf Eyes. They're like a noise. I was like, Oh yeah. I worked with them at Sub Pop Records. He's like, Oh, oh. you know, like, so, but, uh, it was funny. It was good to see him the other night though. And he seems he's like, a good kid. Yeah. He seems yeah. like he's doing really well. I, the last, I saw him one time after that too. And he was doing like an art project where it was performance art, where it was just him and a bunch of his friends just smashing the shit out of something at like a, Oh yeah, art gallery. Yeah, behind those quiet eyes and kind eyes is a lot of rage. I can see him doing that. Yeah, <laughs> smashing. Where shit did up. you guys meet? Where did you meet him at? Because um, he was at your show the other night. Yeah, it seemed like everybody turned out to that. It was a lot of people there I hadn't yeah. seen in a long time. Yeah. Well, Jeff, who I had on here too, I guess he had just gotten back in. Yeah, he got him back in town. So yeah, he, there was the he French, landed that day. French contingent. Yeah, yeah, he'd spent a month. In Paris, right? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Must be nice. No, it was nice. I think um, I was a little lucky. Obviously, Surfboard have their own draw. And then on top of that, um, it was uh, Beach Goth. It was like the after party so, for, for yeah, Beach Goth, Yeah, it was all right? the pull from Beach Goth. Did yeah, you go, did you go cool down kids. and shoot Beach Goth then? I didn't, no. Oh, you didn't? No. I don't shoot in the day. Right. Jed, right. I can't do it. <laughs> I lurk in the shadows. So those day festivals, right. I just can't. I can't go to those. I can't fucking do it, man. I think the uh, the last time we went to uh, FYF festival back when back when they had it was, uh, I think we showed up at like eight o'clock at night for sleep, you know. But the oh, yeah. but the noon to and then Echo Park Rising this weekend when they when uh, when Liz asked us to play, I was like, I'll do it, but like, can we play at night and can we play <laughs> yeah. in in a proper club? Because I don't want to play. At four o'clock in the afternoon no, on a Friday underneath a tent or something like that. I'm just too fucking old for that. Right. Yeah, you de- you determine the terms, man. <laughs> my Why ear- not? My ears and my legs and I'll, I have to warm up to being standing and, and being blasted by loud ass music. Right. You know? 
I hear you. So I was thinking the the when I first met you though, what where I first heard from you about you was speaking of Jeff was uh through Lena of Fields. Yeah. yeah. And she was like, Hey, this guy, uh he's shooting all these bands, you know, texted me. I used to work with her at a pizza place. Gotcha. You know? And so she's like, yeah. this guy's shooting all these bands and, and you know, you should go over there and, and do it. And then I went over there and we and, and we did it and then uh I don't think he used it for anything, actually. <laughs> Dude, I don't know if you know, but your face now lives on the wall of a venue downtown. Oh, it does? Okay. Along with 218 of rock stars. I got to go see it, because I, 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 I was out of town when you guys right. had the opening for that. And that work is going towards my zine, and I right. brought you a copy. Awesome. I got. To, I have to give you something it's, here, too. Perfect. It's... Uh, and that allows me to serialize that portrait work and also live work and just uh, tell the story of rock and roll in L.A. today. Yeah. Whatever that is. So let's get into it then. So like what was what was what's the impetus for this and what what is this project exactly? Um, and how did you come up with this idea? I've been here four years. I got married into Los Angeles. You got married into Los Angeles? Well, yeah, I'm here because I got married. Oh. I married an Angelino for yeah, Valley Girl. For papers or for love? No, no, for real. The, oh, real, for the real. real deal, The real man. deal. Yeah, the papers were just... Uh, <laughs> you get them after the Well, because, you know, Jesse was just here. You know, she was married to a German guy right. when I met her. You know, People do it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's not our story. Right. Um, and so, so, yeah, in four years, the first two years were hell. I thought LA was terrible. Right. Like, just like full of... Where did you what, wait? So where did you meet her? What's her name? Kelsey. And where did you guys meet? So we met when she was working in London for a fashion brand. She's ah, in fashion. Gotcha. And uh, we met at a party, off our heads on drugs, and mm -hmm. fell desperately in love straight away. Blamed it on the drugs, but when they wore off, it was still there. <laughs> was still so there. <laughs> you know, you act on those things. Uh, and within a year and a bit, we were married. Right. But I used to come out here and visit for a couple of months at a time. And yeah. I couldn't get a handle on L.A. at all. I hated it, man. Because I'm from Seattle, you know. And so right. it's like, I, which is kind of similar to England, like weather-wise. The rain. And the people. The miserable people. The miserable people. <laughs> the rain. You yeah. walk down the street, like you're bundled up. You don't want to fucking make eye contact. Don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. I'm trying to get somewhere warm. You please. Know? Yeah, please don't. So when you get, I hated L.A. when I first came yeah, down here dude. a bunch of times, you know. I, I, I came packaged with a kind of like London hostility it's a, and it it's took the me same ages to get rid of it yeah I'd be like why is that dude talking to me and the people are just friendly they want to tell you you've got cool shoes or something I did not get it at all <laughs> people like, say like people say things here like hey I like your shirt you know yeah I'm like for ages, I'd be like looking past me, like, "Are you fucking talking to me?" I can't tell. It was weird. Yeah, so, but I'm I'm happier having ditched that because it is just a weird cynicism, isn't it? We call that uh, my friends and I. I have a, a group of friends here from Seattle uh, that we grew up together. We've we've known each other for twenty something years now, and cool. and they were actually born and raised in Seattle. I was actually from Portland, but we call that like punk damage, like this whole thing, like where we were like anti-success gotcha like anti-social uh anti-vulnerability anti uh opening up to other people and telling yeah. any anyone anything about yourself you know yeah. like it's just that weird not not to be a bastard like there's there's some intellect behind it like this yeah. is a, by design <laughs> yeah it's not trying to be a jerk yeah. it's like it's some sort of insecurity sure. or just but i think it's also i think it's also environmental 
You know, it's just this so. outlook of like when you wake up in the morning and you're cold and you're wet immediately. Sure, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would. Yeah. Yeah, I had like a vintage. I had like an old Camaro, and when I would get in the car, sometimes in the morning, like I don't even know how, but there'd be like a puddle of water in the, you know, <laughs> yeah, in the car. Welcome. You know, that I'd step into immediately. It's like the first thing. It's a you, metaphor for your life. Yeah, it's the first thing you feel. You know, and dude. and it's yeah, and and no matter what you're doing in Seattle, even when or. You know, sometimes I, I would imagine so in the UK as well. Even no matter what the project is that you're doing, you can, you're still when you step outside, still wet. Yeah, you're still, still a puddle <laughs> in your fucking car. Yeah, dude. I'm not just from England though. I'm from Middle England, like the Midlands. It Explain is like, that to me. Inescapably dull. Like yeah. it's a shithole. Right. No, you what, only what go town? there because you pass through it. Birmingham. Oh, Birmingham. Probably, yeah. You might have. Yeah. I'm guessing on tour, you've probably either gone to Birmingham or Wolverhampton or both. Uh, we've never gone to either of those places, but we've driven through yeah. Birmingham. That's exactly know? what I'm yeah. saying. We never like, played there. England's like this, like sure, like a runway strip, right? And like the Midlands is inescapably connecting the north with the south, right? So everyone goes to the south, and they're interested in the north, right? So you got to go through the middle. There's one motorway, you know, right? So, right. Um, I mean, yeah. I, I guess what people when people say Birmingham in this, we just think of Black Sabbath. That's like yeah. the thing that everyone. Knows. Well, I'm from no. the actual little town within a town where they're from. Yeah. So by rights, I should sound like Aussie. <laughs> but, but that's the only thing anyone. The thing that always fascinates me about the UK and and like the accents or whatever, and and I wonder if it's the same for you. But uh, you know, I can tell the difference between people's accents. That's you know, good in in the UK or whatever. Yeah. But I don't know like why one is considered uh upper class versus lower class right uh yeah. like for instance like sort of like the beatles have the liverpool thing and then the stones have the yeah. london thing but the london thing is considered higher yeah well i think that's positively medieval that's yeah. going back to like war of the roses shit right you know the north fight in the south like the roses versus i don't know what the fight was over but <laughs> so there's like this proud working class like Sure. Unionized feel to the north. And uh, I'll be honest, people do talk to each other, you know, and that can be weird in the south. So I don't know. Well, what it, happens with the Midlands is we get abandoned by both. Right. You're not in the north. Well, you're, you're like fucking, south. you're like Kansas to us or <laughs> yeah. something like that, where like we don't even acknowledge totally, you yeah. if you're from yeah. the flyover states Absolutely. or whatever. You know, so you end up with like a regional allegiance. Yeah, we don't even wow. care if you're in the middle. You know? That sounds like a hardcore band. <laughs> regional allegiance. Regional yeah. allegiance. I was thinking about it. Somebody asked me the same not too long ago, and I thought maybe, um, I was trying to think, what would be the California comparison to... Birmingham, and I was thinking it might be Sacramento. Yeah, I was going to say Fresno because it's like administratively important. Oh, but okay. no one goes there. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, and it's shit. Sacramento, you know? man. Sacramento, actually, as a town, Sacramento, uh, I don't mind at all, and I and I found it to be quite interesting. And we've recorded records there, and they there used to be like a, quite a good musical scene oh, there. True. You know, back cool. in the day, but. Playing, it's one of those places that if you're not from there and you don't know what's going on and playing there can be super difficult. Like, really? Yeah, like it's one of those places where it's like I'll never play again unless it's like some local person there is a fixer is, is fixing it. Yeah, <laughs> you have to have a fixer to play right. Sacramento. Talk Chico, the sack language. <laughs> yes, exactly. Because there were a bunch of great bands there, and there were, but it's got that college town thing where it's like as soon as. That person, that fixer leaves. Get out. You're fucked. Yeah. You know, there's, then, right. then there's, everyone else was just following that one person, right. you know? Right. And there's places like that, you know, over the years that like, 
I think Salt Lake used to be like a, you know, in the 80s and early 90s, maybe like people were like really excited to go to Salt Lake because it was like people were so amped up there to see anything that they would come gotcha. out. You know? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. But, well, then my the comparison with Birmingham is accurate. Then, yeah, because it is a good musical scene. I grew up with loads of bands around me and the history of metal really is right. from that place. Right. You know, not just Sabbath, the whole fucking story. It's like a working class town, yeah. like, a, like a steel town. Or? Uh, steel is a little bit more north, but really wartime. It was munitions, okay. bullets and right. like plane wings. My granddad built the engines for Spitfires. He had enormous hands like, <laughs> like gravel. You know what I mean? Like yeah. asphalt fists. Right. So, yeah, really tough place. Cold, loveless fathers, steely gray skies, you know? What did your dad do? My dad was a postman for 40-something years. Walking around in the rain every day. And it made him ill eventually. Like, he retired out of illness. Yeah. But just from the the weather? I don't know if it is the weather. I admit that it gets me down, but I have the luxury of living in California. I'm just going, fuck no, I ain't going back there. Right, right. Based on the weather. It seems like every Englishman's dream is to come to California. Like, you see, like... I I don't know. I don't know. Like, well, I think it's everyone's kind of dream or whatever. Like, back in the the 80s, everyone wanted to go to Florida, but then... Oh, yeah? But then people figured out what was actually in Florida. I think there's a postcard (laughs) version of California that pervades around the world. And when I tell people... So what happened to me, when I left the Midlands, I was 21, everybody went to school and I didn't. And so I moved to London to just try and do something. Right. And everybody in my like one horse town was like, well, you fucking would move to that London, wouldn't you? Like big city <laughs> lights kind of thing. And I remember being a little offended by that, being a soft head. And yeah. uh, so coming to LA, I don't know what those people would make of me now. Cause their version of LA is just a postcard right. from Hollywood right. and not an accurate one. Well, I lived in a really small town in Eastern Washington that was more of like a farming community and right. kind of more of a, so I grew up in Port, I was born in Portland and then I moved to Eastern Washington and Eastern Washington where I lived was like a town of mm, maybe 30,000 people. And then there was a few other towns around that that were all the right. same size, but there like guys would. Guys in cowboy hats would call me gay there, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which, As an insult. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Right, right. right. but, you know, <laughs> like, I grew up with, like, guys, like, calling me a fag, you know, like, Damn. out the window or whatever of a pickup truck or, like, wanting to fight me because I had, like... Why? I want to know what Jed looked like well, I had, like, <laughs> in a, Eastern Washington. I had, like, a kind of like a... Uh, it was, like, a kind of like a street punk rockabilly kind of... Com- oh, hell yeah. I don't know what was going on. Yeah, a bit of it everything. Was, it was a high school confusion sort of look figuring it out yeah exactly you know it's a long road uh yeah of course but but it's just funny to me because now i think of like compared to where we're at now and and compared to la like i i consider myself so conservative you know or 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 someone would consider me to be conservative here versus what you know like growing growing up there when i lived in a very conservative area where where, you know where people would want to beat me up because of my sexuality right as a straight white man (laughs) (laughs) it wasn't good enough I can't even picture this. I don't even know what Eastern Washington looks like, oh, like landscape-wise. You know what? It actually looks like uh, those mountains over there. It looks like the desert. It looks like the California really? desert. Yeah, but with like, a lot of farmland as well. So it's, it's, it's interesting. It's very, and what's next door? Idaho? Idaho. So on the western side of the state, it's really wet yeah you know I've green and then yeah and when as you move east it, it dries out and it just tumbleweeds and it looks like the american west or like a spaghetti western film you know wow so anyway so so you were you were you went to london you, you said fuck school i'm not gonna 
I'm not going to study photography. I'm going to like. I was move so to- desperate to get out of education. Right. Like school right. was just not an option sure. for me. Yeah. Like, I moved as soon as I graduated. I think I left high school. Yeah. I left town the next day I graduated. Yeah, know, from high school. Yeah, it's it's a real traditional story of just like open this fucking window. Let's just do drugs and party, and I guess that's what people go to school to do as well. But right, I couldn't choose. I didn't want to be forced. In. I was defiant. So, what about your yeah. mom? Was she, was she like? She was. She's a wonderful angel. Yeah, my mom. I would uh, imagine so, right? Yeah, she's she's cool. Yeah, but she weren't happy at that time in my life at all. Right, you know. She wasn't I, happy with you at home, or she was my happy choices. With you? I think you know. Yeah. I was raised like you can be anything that you want, and I found that far too limitless right. an opportunity to be a little fucking scumbag. <laughs> you know, so it took me a while to straighten that out. What, what were you? Good. What was your drugs of choice at the time, man? Anything to anything to get super high on. It wasn't yeah. fucked up. I lived in a lot of drug houses. You yeah, know, where you just it's just about getting high and partying. This is like late nineties, early noughties. Yeah, like England. So people yeah, are just England. doing uppers. Yeah, you know, it's not it's not heroin den, and no one's falling into smack or like getting on meth. Yeah, or like pain pills. It seems like the English constitution for drugs and alcohol is somewhat higher than most. I I, I feel like I relate to because my family's uh, originally is from the south of uh, like. Gotcha. Louisiana area or whatever and my relatives like my cousins and stuff like that I just so like the the, the English person people <laughs> that we meet <laughs> meet on tour they, they can they have a high constitution for drugs and alcohol yeah, yeah. I'm glad you're saying that and not me however I do think I mean my experience of it was and it's frightening when my, my wife tells me like what happens to kids of tender young age especially here in LA when kids have to grow up fast and they hit hard drugs real quick that never happened to me well the problem here is they have money right for that kind of shit gotcha. and they're trying to prove something too I find I feel like if, I feel like there's a lot of people that grew up here, and if you grew up here and you are of a certain, you know, from a certain area, you know, maybe you're a rich white kid or something like that. You, you're 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 trying to prove something that to people you're not that that you're not that. The you thing. know, you're rebelling against what gotcha. you are. You know, and so. Yeah. I, I never had the money to buy drugs. I was point. driving a Geo Storm in high school, so I was like... <laughs> it's the age thing that freaks me out. Yeah. Kids at 13. I mean, I was collecting football stickers at sure. 13. Yeah, yeah. I didn't for know sure. what a drug was. Oh, yeah. No, you of know? course. Yeah. Once I, I did, it was like, phew, right. this is a great ha- you know, pastime. Well, this LA, I mean, LA compared to Birmingham or compared to Eastern Washington, it's completely different. It's, True. You can get anything you want here yeah. 20, 24 hours. Mostly know? it's boredom there, not really rebellion. Right. There's not a lot to rebel against, I don't think. Right. Not trying to like break like some chains or anything. So know? then when, so then the, the minute that you're able to, you're like, I'm going to fuck it. I'm going to go to England or what, or I'm going to go to London. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 2021. It was yeah. like, yeah, that big city looks really interesting and were stuff you, going Were on. you already in, you, so you were into music and stuff already though. I realize now how much of a big part of my life music has played. I guess that's obvious. I don't, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not musically inclined. I don't have a musical bone in my body. I don't know anything about music and how it's made right it's part of my fascination now as a kind of journalist yeah towards music what, like what were the done. first things that you were getting into so then? uh embarrassingly late 90s would have been a lot of brit pop yeah indie uh and then like metal tool deftones <laughs> yeah sure i tried to yeah. steer away from new metal i guess it's inevitable in a way yeah i don't, I don't know but I, I was pretty into tool and like kind of like rage against the machine when that yeah kind of came it, it was I like feel- intellectual and it? it was like oh, i've got a mind i'm thinking about big things i feel like that stuff got 
kind of co-opted by the sort of the limp biscuit. I agree. You know, even though like people will say like, "Oh, that West Borland guy is a yeah. smart guy," or or they'll say like uh, John Frusciante of the Red Hot Chili Peppers <laughs> <laughs> and other cock bands. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. It's like like I meet a I meet a girl or something, you know, and she'd be like, "Oh, John Frusciante's amazing." I'm just like, "But he's in this like." Rowy band, it's just like band. terrible band that yeah. I can't stand, and, yeah. and and kind of the same thing with like the but Raging the Machine I loved, and then also Tool was like I remember getting that CD and opening it up, and there was like a hologram of like a guy oh, yeah. like sucking his own cock or yeah. whatever, like yeah. and you could flick it back and forth, it's killer, and, yeah. yeah, yeah, and I thought it was amazing, yeah. you know, yeah. and especially and like it Mar- breaks the mold, doesn't it? You Marilyn know, Manson mold. at the yeah. time, like the early yeah. Marilyn Manson stuff, killer. all of that stuff, you know, that wasn't yeah. I was more. I was much more into like punk and I was into the Dead Kennedys and the Misfits and things like that. But my friends were the ones that were into the the Rage Against the Machine, more the like the MTV stuff. And that was kind of like how I kind of related to them. You know, if they had been into like Color Me Bad or something, I wouldn't have been able to talk music with them. (laughs) Gotcha. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like Tool was sort of the bridge between like. The Metallica that I was into, and right. whatever those guys were into as well. You know? That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So you were listening. That has to, that to happen. I had a very poor threadbare music education growing up. At home, it was like Motown and Queen. Yeah, almost exclusively. My dad listened to Queen. You would listen to Queen, and so I would have to listen to Queen. Who would listen to loving Queen? It. Your mom, my dad. Oh, your dad loved yeah. Queen. Yeah. yeah, he's got a Freddie Mercury tattoo on his leg, and the you know the logo, the big Queen with sure. the horses back piece wow like 15 inches he's bigger than me yeah he loves them really yeah that's amazing yeah. did he ever so see, that was it did he ever see queen oh like he's he loves to tell if he met you he'd be like i've seen them 20 something times right he remembers every time and i think i've seen him cry twice in his life and one of them was when freddie died yeah and i was like nine or something what 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 was his take on like freddie mercury as far as like when they found out that you know he had hiv or whatever like was that like shocking at the time because for yeah. i think for me over here like our our whole thing was magic johnson when we found out like magic okay. johnson was that HIV. was a surprise yeah and of- easy e was a huge surprise right. and then that was kind of like when it felt like it sort of hit this sort of like mainstream thing for like people like myself living in in the middle of nowhere and not understanding anything yeah. you know I don't know if queen surprised anyone given the level of camp right you know but maybe I don't know I don't remember it being a part of that right feeling from my dad but I was maybe a little too Your dad young, did your dad ever like did, did was he like did, was he weirded out by Freddie Mercury at all, or like Rob Halford or something like that? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Because I can't imagine like my father like having a having an Elton John tattoo or something. Yeah, like that, no, I'll know? be honest, it doesn't fit with the rest of the <laughs> image of my dad. It's an outlier, right? His personality, but yeah. Right. So, so, so you're into music. You go to you go to London, and then and then were you already taking photos or no? Like, where did that come from? Um. Taking pictures, I I um I went to India on a trip to work for a charity uh-huh. to do something right, anything break my mind right like the monotony of things and I remember buying a camera in the airport. This was about two thousand and three, mm-hmm. and I thought oh, I'm going to need a camera to take some pictures. Stupid little boxy Kodak, early digital like one megapixel, thing. right. 
I think I found one of those in the garage. The other yeah, day. yeah. Before we had phones, and I still have those photographs of India. Yeah, and I, I, it really affected me to come home with like these solid memories and like, yeah, that really sort of triggered a kind of. I'm going to take more. Pictures. What was the charity? What was the work? Um, it was. Uh, gosh, what was the charity called? What were you doing? Were you- VSO. Okay. They put like skilled people into volunteer workplaces to put roofs on schools and distribute medical right. supplies right, and stuff. Right. So Where were you based out of? Like This was right in the Bombay, middle of India. Mumbai? Yeah, it's kind of like, there's a triangle of Agra and Jodhpur and Jaipur. Uh-huh. It was right in the middle, of, um, I forget the state that it's called now. Rajasthan. Have you ever been back since then? I've been back to cycle across it. Oh, really? Like, to raise money for the same charity. Right. But it like completely changed my life. Sure. It's this brattish, drug-addled, <laughs> selfish like bound or twerp. Yeah, went there and saw life in a completely... Di- like, through the prism of, like, poverty. Right. But also, like, some kind of, like, blessed spiritual people. Sure. And I, I that was a really affecting Did you go experience. to Goa? So, no, that's right down south. Okay. Like, literally in the tri- triangle I've just described, it's like an eight-hour journey between three of them. So India's massive. Yeah, yeah. I, I think of Goa as like the, sort of like the burning man of India or something like that. Like, yeah, it's, it's probably kind of, even worse than that. Yeah. You know, just like... <laughs> <laughs> white dreaded like yeah. drug rug dudes on beaches selling acid right to i have yeah i have no interest. future murder victims or something i don't know man it's so you got the photos back and you were inspired it, it it changed your whole outlook because you saw you know oh i'm just fucking bored i'm not necessarily like I don't have this, like, hardship. I'm just bored. No, all it did was prove that my parents were right, that my outlook was desperately selfish and self-centered. Right. Like, there was a different kind of world. Right. It wasn't mine or mine to destroy. Right. And, like, all of that comes from a place of fear, I think, as a child. You know what I mean? Sure, yeah. You'll never admit it, but, like, it's interesting. It's interesting when you have those moments when, when, when you kind of uh, figure out what you want to do because it's sort of... It's, it goes against what you thought you wanted to do yeah. or what you needed to do. Or, or you figure out definitely the thing that you don't want to do right. quicker. <laughs> right, right, you know, right. It narrows the options. So, that, so you when know? you came back from India, is that when you went to London or you had already uh, been there? I guess, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I had a girlfriend at the time. We moved there together. You've been moving a lot some for trashy uh, jobs. women. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah. And we, were, we were in London for coming on 10 years. I worked in film, I found uh-huh. locations for movies and TV sure. for a long time. Photography was just always just like burning in the background. Then I got into shooting Premier League soccer. Right. And that was a big, big deal for me because then it's into world of journalism and right. communicating with newspapers. And in Premier League, is that what like Manchester United? Is? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So that's, that's the, the biggest, league. It's yeah, the, it's biggest, the biggest league in the world. It's the Premier League. Exactly. Yeah, yeah it's, it's primo. <laughs> yeah. And I love that, you know, and I love sport. And there was something about like the athleticism of these weirdo millionaires sprinting around a field. <laughs> yeah. You know, people like to like abstract football down to nothing. So it's like, it's just a bunch of guys kicking a bag of air. Right. And you're like, well, yeah, if you, if you tell it like that, it is, but. I was arguing with an Asian woman today on Twitter about baseball. So, I mean. (laughs) There you go. I don't know. Some guys with sticks hitting a ball for $13 million a year. This woman was a a San Francisco Giants fan. And she was 
very confused by a joke I made where I said I didn't know who this one San Francisco Giants player was. Okay. She's very upset that I didn't know this information. Right. And I was... As, as is your prerogative on Twitter to express that <laughs> displeasure. <laughs> but it was obvious to me that I was feigning ignorance that I did not know of okay. this person. But she was really obsessed with pointing out to me via Twitter, this person I've never met before, yeah. <laughs> that, that she knew more about baseball than I did. Right. And I just kept saying, I am replying to you via a smartphone. We know the exact same amount about everything. <laughs> <laughs> the great equalizer, the smartphone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, You yeah. mistake there, Jed, is to be nuanced on the internet. <laughs> no, it's not. There's no nuance on the it's internet. It's not okay. It's, it, it doesn't work. It's like, And then I, I get mad at myself because I go like, why the fuck am I bothering? You're fighting, I'm yeah. wasting my time talk, trying to yeah. explain to this person. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm the same way. I mean, I, I, I played baseball. Did you play soccer growing up? Yeah. Foot, it, yeah. yeah, and you Multiple loved it. Multiple times yeah. a week, yeah. I played baseball my whole it's life. It's a beautiful you know? thing. Yeah, it's just just to get out there. Now it's now it's surfing because I'm old. Oh, yeah? That's the thing now to That's do. That's chill. Is, yeah, it's great because it's like get you out of the house, get you up early. Good good way to shake off the hangover, you know. Surf, hung, a hungover surf is kind of an interesting way to like, you know, because <laughs> it combines the hangover with like more dizziness and, <laughs> and being I underwater. <laughs> Maybe you can show me sometime. I'll watch from the shore going, ugh. Take some surf photography, um, but uh, so you what what team were you what team were you shooting then? Did you have a specific? Oh, any any that the, the editor would send me to, but you know my team has always been Liverpool. You is know, it, do or die. Proximity from my dad. Really. Proximity? Yeah. Or, yeah. No, my dad. Sure. So they were the best team when he was growing up, right? And I got no choice on the matter. Is that what team did so. Georgie Best play for? Man United. Okay. Yeah. All right. So yeah. He's always been. Is on he there. the archetypal? classic he's the soccer he's player. our version of soccer or like uh yeah he's the guy that we know as far as uk you know yeah. and then we know like pele gotcha and then we know if you're if you're lucky we might know maradona right okay yeah yeah i remember going to well, i'm glad it's georgie best first yeah <laughs> well i'm just saying for uk we know right okay. if pele we know and then maybe well, that's a good one um i just remember going to like amsterdam and there was all these well, the first time i went to like europe and there was all these maradona t-shirts everywhere and i was like oh who's that <laughs> yeah yeah interesting that the two of those three raging alcoholic dr drug addicts georgie best georgie best yeah. is like the template lad right yeah irish stubborn womanizer right covered in he's a good looking guy right yes thing. yes yeah. and i think it, it, you you might be surprised to know that soccer all the way up till like mid 90s in the uk was still a lad's game on the field we had like working alcoholics playing for the <laughs> national team yeah seriously yeah, yeah yeah this is how it went and it took some like uh continental coaches to move into the game and revolutionize how it was being handled right and put people on diets and fitness regimes it wasn't happening that's what i'm saying in the though. 90s that's what i'm saying though about the Br british people is that there's this constitution for drug and alcohol that you can so. be like the top top sporting person in your country and still be out partying or yeah. whatever and and but that's what i i like about it it's kind of this like it's like you know i grew up feeling like i was kind of like white trash you know okay. so because of the southern roots and if you're listening to this that's fonzie's eating by the way he always he loves to eat during the podcast that's his favorite that's his favorite time to eat is during a during an interview awesome. or any other time really oh and then growling mm. um but uh you know 
that it's funny. I was thinking about India too because I was thinking of a question for you. I have no desire to go to India. Like I like to go to the UK because I like not not because I don't enjoy the people or the culture, but I like to go where I feel uh, comfortable as far as like the food and stuff goes. Okay. As far as like not being sick, you connect. I, with I don't have any right. interest in like traveling to like exotic places. Yeah, they call it deli belly when you yeah. inevitably get the shit. I don't want in that. India. I don't yeah. want to be traveling with that. It happens. The only place I want to go that I risk it is like Southeast Asia because I grew up with a bunch of kids from Vietnam okay. and I just love yeah. the people so much and yeah. like and the food, you know, but like just going to India just sounds fucking Consider the diarrhea part of the spiritual cleansing of the <laughs> adventure. I guess, I, we were talking about this on tour the other day about how awful like having diarrhea is when you're like gonna play a show or you're like in a Dear you God. know or you got to go into like a shitty club or something like right. that. But how when you're at home it's totally fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like a, almost fun. Yeah, it could be. It's a clear out. People are like, I actually like having. Want to cleanse? It's, 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 it's a whole new you. <laughs> It's interesting that you went from you were, you went to white trash and then described the, that connection with like the food in England and I'm like yeah I, I fuck with that yeah I hear what you're saying eels and what what have you pies anything yeah. wrapped in pastry is yeah. probably a winner yeah in England so you're taking photos for sport yeah and then so you're you're taking photos for the newspaper is that what it is it's like a this is still like I'm good right now um, I'm gonna take it easy but. Um, we're drinking uh, some delicious Modelos, Modelo. here. Modelo. Um, you're taking uh, photos for the for the local newspapers. Is that it's re- it's it's national press. Okay, yeah. Well, to what's get the my paper first, called? Oh, any of them. Okay. Basically, the Freelance job is photojournalism. Yeah, you work with four cameras. It's like one man band. You've got a long 400 mil lens following yeah. the action on the field. You have a shorter lens for players that are running towards you. You have another one on your foot that's on a trigger to a camera behind the goal mouth. So if goals go in, you you're like. So you shoot in, and then the laptop's next to you because you're editing the pictures off the cards that are coming out the cameras right. and fighting on a 3G dongle connection to wire it to all the editors all at once. But where did you learn how to do all this stuff? The guys sitting next to me. Right. Yeah. Just on the job. Just cut my teeth. Like, you never yeah. went to school for photography? No. 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 Okay. No. Yeah, because so I wonder about this. Like, people say they go to school for music. They say they go to school for radio or something like that yeah. or whatever. And I th- always thought the same thing about photography. It's like, it seems like it's one of these things where it's like, you should just get out there and figure do it, it out. Yeah, right? Yeah. I don't think the sports side of things made me a better photographer. It allowed me to understand the game and it's ruthless, you know. The game of photography? Right, yeah, okay. the industry of Right, right. And, and figure it all Competing out. Competing against other photographers. Exactly. For the shot or what? For the shot and to get that in quicker and have a better shot. You know, you're all competing. And then the next day you wake up and your picture's on the back page. It's a thrill. Yeah. You know, that's that was kind of the game. I've noticed that a lot more, it seems like, in music these days. And I don't know if it's the digital versus the film or what, but I feel like there's there's more photographers at shows now than I remember there being or what and maybe right. it's it, is it Instagram is it like websites I, I don't know what it yeah. is but but uh, you know that that maybe there's the competition that you learn watching like a soccer match like you can bring that into like a fucking mosh pit or something dude, like that dude the skills are entirely transferable yeah yeah big time I mean it's lots of movement it's difficult to focus you're trying to tell a story that my addiction to the music photography thing now, apart from the culture and community that I feel embraced by, is nailing that shot and finding something in the dark and getting it right. 
right. and representing what happened. That's the journalist side always at work. Right. But I get to do it on my own terms because I don't have an editor screaming down my ear. I'm not sat in the rain. Right. I'm not doubting all of my life's choices at a show. Right. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like time freezes and I'm just there and like communing forgive me for being soft but like the music like everything else just like does not exist just for a minute what the skill sets are the same as sport what are these guys doing then i I get what you're saying and i think that you definitely and that's kind of why i wanted to talk to you in the first place because i feel like you kind of have built this sort of community based on the zines based on the art show based on sort of uh this gathering of of bands that you find interesting and I see, you know, you, you promoting them or, you know, the, yeah. them becoming your subjects, you know, and, yeah. and, and it's kind of, it's kind of interesting to me because one of the things that historically we think about when we think of like punk rock or something is like different scenes, you know, right. and, um, well, it'd be like the, the orange County scene of like black flag and TSOL or the New York scene of like the right. Ramones and, or LA scene is the germs and X and these bands or whatever, you know, DC or something like that. Yeah. Or, yeah. I, I obviously like, I don't know, man, it's, I apologize for my ignorance of the UK, but there's like, you know, I never knew where any of those bands were from. <laughs> Dude, I have it the other way around. I've had a hard, hard education in like SoCal punk. Yeah. I don't know about these bands. I didn't grow up listening to them. Right. So I have to sit and be humble and listen to people when right. they're telling me like all these different bands. And See, I'm I was like, just so obsessed shit. with that when I was a kid. And then I like, I never cared where the exploited were from. Okay. You know, yeah. but I knew where Minor Threat was from. Sure. And I knew where the Necros were from. Why do you I, think that is? Just because, I guess, just just because of maybe when I was listening to this stuff, I didn't have a lot of access to information as yeah. far as, like, the internet or something. Right. So I would get a CD. Like, I would get a, a Nation of Ulysses CD, and it would say Discord on it. Yeah. And, and I would go, okay what's discord records and then i would and i would start trying to like figure out who else was on there you yeah. know but like if i got a fucking uh uh cox bar greatest hits or something like that it was maybe it said emi or something on it and yeah. then i would go like oh that's an international company yeah. so there's no way Whatever. to like not right yeah yeah like who else is on emi it could be like fucking yeah. mariah carey for i i don't know you know like but like the <laughs> the idea of like these these smaller independent labels and this punk rock stuff and then the regionality of all that you know i, I kind of like would start trying to map it all out you yeah. know yeah. and um I don't know how we got on that conversation, but you're talking about scenes, and oh, I, yeah, I, well, I wonder if scenes you just fig like they, that happens after the fact when the historical story is told. That's what I'm saying, but I think that maybe I mean maybe we're maybe you you are in the middle of like kind of somewhat of a scene with what you're kind of trying to do, maybe not intentionally, you yeah. know, making a yeah. scene, but like to collect people. Yeah. You know, I, who I asked that? Seen question? that in LA? Who asked that question? photographers ask each other are we in a scene they do and i used to go hell yeah because it sounded great yeah and it's kind of like trying to venerate our own work like we're there telling a story right. of a scene i've relaxed from that position now and i just feel like i'm telling the story of a community because that's what i recognize right is a group of people with a shared interest doing a thing multiple nights a week sure and like it's a lifestyle it's your way of life right. that if you're a student of human behavior which i think most good photographers are um that's really interesting right this could be about gay latino boxers in compton well the thing about it's a chosen subject right you know well and when for instance my girlfriend jess made a film years ago that was about 
uh, Latino kids and the worship of Morrissey or whatever, right, you know, yeah, back in the yeah, day. And, and yeah. uh, a lot, <laughs> I made a joke, a lot, of the, a lot of them are not so happy with Morrissey now, but right. I made a joke, uh, my, my, I was like, I made a joke because my dad hates Morrissey, you know, but I was like, I've never, right I've never thought of someone that uh, my dad uh, hates so much. Uh, because of their art, but agrees so much with politically. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you got it all wrong, pops. <laughs> Listen to the words. <laughs> and so I hesitate to say the word scene just because that, to me, that creates rules. And I don't think right. that this is, you know, it's on purpose that we're like, oh, we're, you know, oh, there's melted bodies and surfboard and these guys are all the same people and they're friends and mm. they're, you know, mm. in, in the way that, like, I think people have this idea of, like, uh, you know, Black Flag or Circle Jerks and all these like decline of Western civilization or something yeah. like that. These people were all friends and that they were helping each other. Yeah. Maybe they right. just knew each other. Maybe they went, played some yeah. shows together. Maybe they, you know, yeah. So, so, uh, I don't know. Again, I wonder I, if people think, say scene, like it's a legitimate thing that's happening. And if you were to plan out the tree of rock and roll, right. it would have a place right. on the branches. Like LA 2018 was important. Right. And I, I don't, it's not relevant. Is it? It's not, no, Whatever. I and I think it's a yeah, exactly. I don't think it's a good thing to focus on. I think it's like one of those things that like years later someone looks back and go like, "Oh, look at all the things that were happening at this point in time," you right, know? Right. And I mean, I definitely had like when I started kind of outside of high school playing in like real bands and stuff in the early like late 90s, early 2000s, there was definitely like this kind of like garage rock scene that we thought we were like part of. Okay. And now 20 fucking years later it's all still the same yeah <laughs> it's all this, like people are still doing yeah. the same shit that we thought well, that's we were garage like, is fault right yeah right <laughs> it is but, the same yeah it's the same <laughs> but we thought but we thought we were like inventing it or at least or at least the first people that were ripping off the right. people from the 60s that you know like sure we're, dude we're like oh we're the first people to steal yeah. this you know well you have to go through that to yeah. get where you are archaeologists yeah, or whatever, right. yeah. <laughs> Um, One thing is for sure that photography plays an instrumental part in that story, whatever it is. Sure. Whether you want to call it a scene or not. Like right. the history of rock and roll and the history of photography as art forms have been entirely complementary. Like electric, electric music, you know. Well, who were the, were there photographers that you looked at that you saw that you were inspired by that you thought like this is what, this, this makes me want to do it or like... No, I, I, I'll be really honest. It was a bit of an accident yeah. just arriving in LA and looking for something to do. My wife in fashion, so I kept meeting these people. I didn't. I mean, you were already doing photography. So, I, yeah, I've been a full-time freelance for work. professional right. for a long time. Right. But music came about since moving here. Really? Yeah, going to shows and shooting them. Right. Like those two interests. What were the first shows you here. went to? That, what were the first oh, ones that gosh. you shot? Literally, like, it's literally like two years ago. Right. I think 2016, I got a photo pass for Desert Days. Yeah. And I went and I, it was the first time I'd seen Death Hymn Number 9. And like, oh, all yeah. these bands I just didn't know about. Right. And they just m took my face off. And right. I took a hell of a lot of acid. I wore a hollowed out watermelon on my head in the photo pit with my shitty little camera, uh -huh. you know, and just did my own thing. Yeah. And I I came back a bit like the India thing and just thought, wow, this is really something. It's really interesting. And I'm going to keep going to shows. And I just kept connecting with people. I also started playing soccer to try and burn some of the 
lumber I was carrying around from driving in LA everywhere mm-hmm. instead of cycling and walking in London. Yeah. You know, poor lifestyle, I guess. And um, the people who invited me to play soccer were all in punk bands. Oh, really? It was Jeff Freeburg and oh, yeah. Low and Slow, uh-huh. Natalie and, and Alex and uh, Prettiest Eyes guys. and Sure. Just started making friends. So that like overlapped with what I was doing at night and I was just just wanted to be at more and more shows also that freedom that you have at small shows to make it what you want it to be mm-hmm. you know go into a pool hall on first street in Boyle Heights and they've got one LED lamp on the stage and a smoke machine and it looks like fucking Carnegie Hall you know what I mean like, right, but it's right. a pool hall right right you know well, you shoot it from the right angle you know it's yeah like, and you do it in a certain way and I think yeah. I've, I've definitely grown into a a voice if you like which is one of the things that they set you out to do when you're becoming a photographer again find your voice sure sure and so, so and that's for you that's like you 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 prefer like a black and white photo then i don't yeah i don't see color i, I don't see color in in rock and roll i don't right. see the purpose in those different color lights they're a distraction right um and, I, there's and you're something shooting digitally you're you're shooting digital yeah. yeah yeah and have you shot film before or do you have prefer I shoot a lot of film you do yeah not live though right it's just a waste yeah it's just a waste shoot 200 pictures sure. in a 20 minute set i mean sure. it's just not it's not because you're moving film. around you're you're not I move around i fuck up i only show you the good stuff right you know? sure yeah yeah <laughs> of course so i've been a lot Right, and that's you moving around. I've seen dudes like and... I've seen dudes at like punk shows, like like a photographer, like to the beat of a song, like when a cymbal crash comes in or something yeah. like that, jump up in the air and like shoot, yeah. like click off a photo or whatever. Yeah, like, whatever the y- style is, man. I see people shooting through crisp plastic crystals to get like eight of you, and right. you know, all kinds of different. And that that's what I'm saying is that freedom to approach the art form however you wish at this level. No one's you know the big shows big venues festivals you're on that three song limit no flash right you know it's very strict right and if you've got a spot you better hold on to it right you make something you get it to your editor it's a job and i, I make no money from this so if i'm gonna make zero dollars i'm gonna do it on my own terms right and shoot how i want and where i want and no one puts those limits on it so you can do it how you wish well i've noticed i was gonna ask you about that and and mentioning you know like not making money of it but you've you've had bands uh that you've uh worked with and doing like their artwork for the yeah. for the release or whatever i think yeah. that had that die group record over yeah here. yeah you I did shot, the cover you for did the, the cover for LP. those guys and yeah eric gave me that the other day when Chill. i saw him yeah <laughs> it's great yeah <laughs> it's great it's a great fucking record i know i saw it i wanted to, I, want, I know I, I he recorded some of our stuff and i've Hell known yeah. him for a long time and he was always you know he's definitely like one of those people that's uh, he doesn't. He's not your typical LA person, no. you know. In in the sense of like, what we were talking about earlier, how people are nice here too, but also, um, not necessarily just gonna invite you over when they don't know who you are <laughs> and don't know yeah. like you. Maybe they. Maybe if they're inviting you over, they have like an idea of why or they want to get something out of you or something like that. Yeah. You know, I hadn't he, thought about that. He's one of my favorite people in LA, and uh, mine now too. You've, you've helped me understand why because he's not very LA. No. <laughs> He's from Louisiana, you know. He's Have you like, had him on? No, I haven't had him on. I gotta get him. I, I'll get tell you so, after. I gotta tell you something after. Nothing, nothing bad, but just like an, an aside to this. But uh, yeah. 
Uh, but you got you did like their album cover. You shot that, and then I've also noticed that you you gotten mad on Instagram when people took stuff and used it and didn't like uh, give you credit for it. Yeah, I think it's yeah. I mean that happened once with a band, but it happens to photographers all the time. Yeah, and I yeah, I I don't know, I don't know what we're asking for, right? You're not going to get paid, right? So the least you expect is some respect, and the only way of showing respect is to acknowledge where the work came from. Sure. If I sampled your song and never mentioned it right. and said my song was great, it'd be pretty shitty, you know? So What I wonder, though, what thing. about this, though? Like, And I only thought about this because I was thinking about this question. And then, like, as far as, like, a band, what if a band, not that I would give a shit, but what if a band's like, why the fuck are you photographing? Yeah, I like, think about <laughs> that more now than ever, actually. Yeah. Yeah, because I've come unstuck before and somebody's told me I can't have their pictures on website i ain't naming names but and, and i've been like oh and yeah it, it's uh, it's caused me to perhaps think about that a little bit right that you don't have free reign over somebody's art form to go and point a camera at it and if someone honestly if somebody told me that now i'd be like all right it's chill i mean the amount of times it's interesting how instagram's changed and just how everything changes so fast but i've noticed this with instagram lately is like we used to play a show and then, like, the next day I would wake up, and my ears would ring, and I have coffee, and I look on Instagram, and we've been tagged in a bunch of photos. Yeah. Now no one tagged, no one doesn't take, now it's all stories. Okay. And then I forget to look at it, and then if I click on it, it's like you have all these requests that I then have to, like, allow to come through. And that's oh, just okay. all these videos of the band from the night before. Yeah. But, and, and not that I would ever care, but it's just interesting, it's like... Oh, all these people are taking video of you in 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 a private uh, place, yeah, and then they're putting it out on the internet, yeah. And like, what if like what if I fucking took my dick out or something sure. like that, you know? Yeah. And then someone yeah. puts that on there, and dude, it's a complicated Not that I'm time. going. <laughs> no, no, that it, that actual thing has happened. Of course, that's fat what white I'm family yeah. at, at the Roxy, and he got Lias got completely fucking naked. I had the next day when I'm publishing pictures. I decided that there was some kind of journalistic sensitivity. Haley Dahl, Sloppy Jane, gets completely fucking naked every yeah. show. And like, well, there's a band back know? from LA called Texas Terry and the Stiff Ones, and and she used to get naked, and yeah. we, we played with her when I was 19, and we did, yeah. and I got naked with her backstage yeah. and took foot, not yeah. not on stage in front of everyone, but we were just like, hey, sure, hey yeah. I'm drinking, rock you know? and roll, fuck yeah, it. exactly, yeah. you know. Yeah. I so, think like okay, so with war photography, there's like a sensitivity, like there's journalistic ethics around right. it. What you publish, what you don't publish, you can infer things but don't show it. Those kind of things, not understood by everybody and every photographer. But I've had to make decisions, but on the on that basis, like she deserves to project her art however she wishes. Lias in fat whites can get his dick out if he wants. Like it's not my place to then distribute that on the internet. So I'm sensitive about it. I don't right. know whether everybody would. So you raise a really good point yeah it's interesting because of the times that we're living in now where people are more sensitive about things like that than what i remember in the 90s when i when i remember going to shows in the 90s if someone took their dick out at a show it was no big deal and it was completely forgotten about the next day right oh we, that when we were in yeah you know, <laughs> especially if it was me uh <laughs> Then it was really no big deal. Uh, <laughs> yo, uh, it's my podcast. Uh, but I, re I remember we were in Germany and uh, in Leipzig, and the tour manager, great guy, but he said, don't take your shirt off at the show because, not that I was going to take my shirt off, but 
uh, it's like viewed as this kind of like sexist sort of thing to have, like where the where men can take their shirts off and women cannot, you know. Right. And so we're living in a time where like that's a thing. All right. So it's like if you that's weird. Yeah, but, Leipzig's but, a cool town. That's no, very weird. I, I, you know, it could, everyone has their own thing, and it could have just been one instance. You know, it could uh-huh. be one club versus you know everything. But sure. it's just like it's such an interesting time that. If you tweet something or you photograph something or you Instagram something and someone's not okay with that and they're not there and they take it out of context. Sure. You could be the bearer of bad news for someone. I could be. I could be. I don't think about it too much. Yeah. But if someone told me to not publish it or not share it sure. or I had a problem. I guess that's I more what I was 99% thinking. 99% you know? of the time. Yeah. And this is, a, this is what I'm enthusiastic about. Bands delight in the promotion of what they're doing and that struggle against the grain and struggle for an audience or exposure and hate it or love it social media is a great way of of exposing ourselves excuse totally. me pun yeah and so i find that photography complements that activity and 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 promoting bands and promoting shows happening and through pictures for me has become part of the overall shit show right. agenda if you like right you know these people are my friends and they're doing something and if my art can contribute to more people seeing it or knowing about it or just turning out for a five dollar show then i feel like i've probably done a good job well and i, and I appreciate a lot of the bands that you're sort of hyping up or photographing or whatever because i feel like uh like you mentioned death hymn number nine or something like that yeah. Um, Jess. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, uh, you know, uh, a lot of the bands that I see you taking photo or Die Group, for instance, uh, these are not bands that are classically sort of covered in L.A. Right. You know? Right. Um, uh, punk bands or not necessarily not not pc but just like maybe bands that have a little bit more of a sense of humor yeah is sometimes not considered cool right you know right. and it's not it's not okay to be messy you know sure. la has a and in music in general these days i think it's gotten a lot more serious and just like people aren't uh so into like uh everyone's it's so serious and it's so um professional you know sure. whereas i i feel like you're you're focusing on some some bands that are maybe a little bit more raw or a little bit more real or maybe i don't know maybe that that could just be your personal taste you know i I don't know whether i'm mindful of that yeah there's like there's a convergence of two things one i think the music's fucking rad yeah standalone and two i have grown a personal respect friendship with those people that means that it's rewarding to help them, right. you know, and we have a friendship away from that. And I, 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 it's through this work that I've realized that I have very high social needs and photography helps me to meet them Yeah, because it's a way of communicating with all these people and not everyone's going to fucking like it. I shot 218 people for that portrait project. Right. I don't know that everybody likes it. I don't really care. Right. But the people that really do fuck with it, and tell me and like have other ideas about what it might be like i'm i hope that my photography can help their art mission whatever right. it might be so and it, it's interesting actually that you pick out die group melty bodies with a sense of humor i guess i just get along with them they're good people like right. I, I clicked with them immediately and uh i believe in what they're doing yeah whatever it is yeah 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's as good a place as any to end it. All right. Yeah. Sweet, We're man. Good. Thank I you. Thanks. Thank you for having me, man. And the shit show is still up, or you can go see it, or it's a it's an everlasting project, or what's the deal? Yeah, we, we had a party to launch it. And I was out of town, unfortunately. That's all good. Well, anytime there's shows at the factory, which is the premier diy underground spot in la right those are going those pictures are gonna they're wheat pasted onto the walls right. so if that venue lasts six months six years they'll all those faces will bear witness to show after show after show so i have an investment now there through that work to like i guess bring more shows to it so well i think you've done a fucking a lot of work in a short amount of time so thanks dude yeah so yeah i guess yeah keep going <laughs> yeah that's what i'm doing yeah. i guess i'm in it well i hope we i'm get, in it now I hope, I hope that we can spread the word however we can you know thanks so dude go. yeah thanks for having me yeah thanks you, for being on i've had some rad people on this show and <laughs> some friends and some illustrious companies well i ain't making any money either so fuck it all right yeah it's your <laughs> thing dude <laughs> cheers right, jed